a gracious good day to one and all once again. Tis I, Zombie Emperor Norton, the first Emperor of the Underworld and Protector of Witches. And we're joined today, as we always are, by the Countess Lola Montez of Lansfeld, our guest superstar. Good day, Countess. Good day, Your Majesty. <laughs> I won't bite you. I just came from the beauty salon, can you tell? Well, they've done a wonderful job. Well, you can tell we've been in shutdown for a while, eh? This is episode number 159. Today is the 24th of October, 2020, our 222nd day living with COVID-19. What do you have for us today, Countess? Lots of surprises and happy Halloween. This is our Halloween special, so it's a little longer than usual. So we have some special features today, besides looking all fabulous as we may be. Indeed. Mm, top of the health we are. Indeed. Yes. Are there any grains around here? <laughs> well, here we are, Halloween. So, trick or treat, no Smell my feet, give me something good to eat. None of that this year for us. We're not receiving tonight. Uh, I don't think uh, we'll be sheltering in place, but we'll be entertaining spirits. We'll keep our spirits high indeed. So today, yes, it's our Halloween special. And you know, Your Majesty, I have a few questions for you. What room in a haunted house is useless for ghosts? Brains? The living room. <laughs> Where does a ghost go on vacation? Malibu. <laughs> what do you get when you cross Bambi with a ghost? Brains? Bamboo. And what do witches put on their hair? Brains? Scare spray. <laughs> what kind of a key do you open a casket? Brains? No, Your Majesty, just sit back and go for the ride. A skeleton key. <laughs> what did the French fries dress up as for Halloween? I have no idea. Masked potatoes. <laughs> Who is the most famous witch detective in history? Dr. Brains? Warlock Holmes. <laughs> so, what do you call an annoying pumpkin who does stupid stuff? What would that be? A jackass a lantern. <laughs> what health insurance do Halloween creatures use? I don't Meta scare. <laughs> what happens when you combine a vampire and a snowman? What would that be? You get frostbite. 
So, Your Majesty, mm -hmm. because today is a Halloween special for uh, the Countess Lola Montez and Emperor Norton, we're going to feature something special today. We have a little puppet show. Oh, boy. Yes. So, if you have children in the house, this portion of the show will be for them. We don't want to scare the wits out of these children. But it is Halloween after all. Yes. So I will conjure up some in entertainment for us, eh? So let me consult the crystal. I love you little, I love you big. I love a puppet show when I wear the wigs. Having survived a shipwreck and landing safely on a mysterious haunted island, the Countess Lola Montez and Emperor Norton I managed to escape with the Emperor's horse, Old Paint. <laughs> on your majesty, we are so fortunate to have survived the terrible shipwreck. Here it is, Old Hallows Eve, and we've managed to find ourselves in such an odd situation. What shall we do? Never fear. Old Paint is with us, and for every problem, there's a solution. Have faith in your emperor, my dear. What's that, your majesty? I hear something. Here, kitty, kitty. Come on, let's gather some herbs for our supper. Stay here. There are spirits tonight. It's Halloween. Good evening, madam. Could you kindly tell us where we are and direct us back to San Francisco? Yes, please do. We would be most appreciative. Oh, well, my, that's, uh, you were in that unfortunate shipwreck. That was the work of the evil wizard that guards this haunted island. Quick, go to my house and take your horse with you. The wizard finds you. He, he won't be happy. Indeed, we are its only survivors. My, my, let me think. San Francisco, that's in California, right? Certainly. Stay with me. Here, kitty, kitty. Kitty. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who were you talking to, old woman? No one, just my kitty and the spirits of the night. Nonsense! You're hiding someone or something. Tell me now. No. Then I'll turn your kitty into stone. No. I will do a spell. Trick or treat, death to greet. Turn the kitty to stone. Cold for debt. Be gone, be gone. Oh, my kitty, you evil wizard! Shame for shame! <laughs> what to do? Oh, what to do? Oh, my stars! Look what happened to the emperor! He's turned into a lion. What shall we do? Your kitty has been turned to stone. Oh, gracious, no. Oh, but look, what's that coming? What is it? It's, it's the pumpkin spirit. Really? Yes, you can help us, pumpkin spirit. Please help us turn the emperor back to himself and my kitty back from stone. Yes, I have those powers. Just answer me this riddle. Okay, what's the riddle? What's the correct color of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge? Why, that's easy. International orange. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Is that right, your, your greatness? Yes, that's the correct answer. <gasps> oh! back. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so delighted to have my kitty back. The evil wizard was more powerful, but we can get if we help each other. We are grateful indeed. I have a splendid idea. What's that, your majesty? Madam, would you and your kitty like to live in San Francisco? It would certainly be safer than this haunted island with the evil wizard. Yes, it only takes a kind of corner of this great big world to find a place we love. Abracadabra. Oh, San Francisco. Goodbye, haunted island. I no longer will miss you or be a slave to the wizard here. San Francisco, here we come. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I love San Francisco. It is indeed the seat of our empire. Happy Halloween to all and be safe. Oh, we're back. That was interesting and delightful. Back to San Francisco we are. Indeed. That was fun. So please, like us below, leave comments and subscribe. And, you know, let us know if you enjoyed some things we're venturing out and, you know, trying different artistic techniques and that sort of thing. Because it's a learning curve. It is not indeed. Your Majesty. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Well, would you like to hear a historical story for Halloween? Oh, we certainly would. Well, you know, San Francisco, I shall 
consult my notes in a second here. But we have so much history here, and much of it is very scary indeed. So for Halloween, I'm going to tell you the story of the demon of the belfry. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't, but I want to. Well, now, you know, the idea of wearing masks on Halloween is an old tradition. And we never know sometimes who a person really is. We see with our eyes what appears to be real, but sometimes we are misled, surprised or deceived. And at this time of the year, the veil between the living and the dead is very thin. So we are reminded of some of those stories that remind us of the mortality that we have here. So this story is such is about such a man that lived a double life until one day he became known as the demon of the belfry in San Francisco history. He was born in 1871, William Henry Theodore Durant in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He and his family immigrated to San Francisco, California in 1879. He had one sister, Beulah Maud, who became an actress and interpretive dancer known as Maud Allen. Their parents were William and Isabella Hutchinson Durant. His father was a shoemaker by trade, and right away the Durant family moved to the Mission District of San Francisco and started attending and getting involved with the Emanuel Baptist Church. The church was located on Bartlett Street between 21st and 23rd in San Francisco's Mission District. And every day people would pass it by presently and never realize that they were walking by haunted ground. Theodore Durant attended school and was studying medicine to become a doctor. The medical student also became the assistant superintendent of the Sunday school at 21st Street, Emanuel Baptist Church. Theodore Durant was also a member of the, uh, the California Signal Corps, and the Durant family and Theodore all seemed to adjust to regular working class life in San Francisco. However, Theodore Durant had a dark side of his personality unknown to many. Once a week, Theodore would visit his favorite brothels on Commercial Street in San Francisco. This became a habit, but the madams would hear the girls arguing over who was going to service Mr. Durant. Now it seems the madams would hear the girls, oh Betty, I had him last week, you do them, it's your turn. Oh no, Maud should do it this time, or, you know, Blanche or something. Well, nobody, you know, would want to take him because there was something about him that just really put them on edge. And the madams overheard this, and they had to step in, and they said, girls, he's clean, he pays well, and he'll be gone in just a little while. So, you know, we don't want to turn down the business. Well, it seems that Theodore Durant, as the madams would investigate, would arrive to the brothel, clean, well-dressed, always paid well for services, but he carried a cage containing a dove, a small bird of some kind. 
His habit that made his date so difficult and messy was that after he chose the girl in the parlor, they would go to the bedroom and undress with both of them when they were naked and in the midst of sexual excitement, he would cut the throat of the bird, putting the blood on himself and on the girl in order to reach an orgasm. Now this continued and the prostitutes still endured and engaged Mr. Durant's fantasy kink. This was going on for weeks. In the meantime, a young woman by the name of Blanche Lamont was a 20-year-old who had been teaching at a one-room schoolhouse in Hesia, Montana, and she had moved to San Francisco to further her education and was living with her aunt, Mrs. Trifinia Noble, on 21st Street in Mission District. Now, they were the neighbors of the Durants. Well, on April 3rd, 1895, Durant met Lamont at the Polk Street electric trolley stop just after 2 p.m. They rode together to the 21st Street stop, and other people on the trolley stated that they were very close and that Durant was whispering into Lamont's ear and tapping her lightly with his leather gloves. They got off at their stop and were seen by Mrs. Mary Noble walking down 21st Street to Emmanuel Baptist Church. A Mrs. Carolyn Leak saw them enter the church together. And Mrs. Leak, who later testified at Durand's trial, was the last person known to see Blanche Lamont alive. George King, the church choir director and organist, who was practicing hymns on the organ, testified that Durant came downstairs at 5 p.m. looking pale and shaken and asked him to get some medicine at the nearby store. Mrs. Noble came to the church looking for Lamont a few hours later during the evening prayer service. Durant approached Noble and inquired about Blanche. She told him that she was worried about her, and Durant told Noble that he was sorry that Blanche was not there, but he would come by to the house later to bring a book for her. Mrs. Noble said he did come by later with a book and suggested that Lamont might have been kidnapped to be forced into prostitution. The next day, Durant tried to pawn some women's rings in the San Francisco Tenderloin District. That same afternoon, Noble received a package with the name George King, who was the church choir director, written on the wrapper with Blanche's rings inside. It was three days after Blanche's disappearance before Mrs. Noble had reported her missing to the police. Police questioned Durant because he was the last person she had seen, he had been seen with, you know, and also because a young woman of the church said that she had once come upon Durant nude in the church library. Police did not have a body or any evidence that anything had happened to Blanche, so she remained listed as a missing person. 
Now, during this time, Durant began to focus in his attentions on a 21-year-old Minnie Flora Williams, also an Emanuel Baptist par uh, parishioner. At 7 p.m. on April 12, 1895, which was Good Friday, nine days after Blanche Lamont disappeared, Williams told her friends at her boarding house that she was going to a church member meeting at the home of a church elder named Vogel, whose wife Mary had seen Durant walking with Blanche Lamont the day she disappeared. A few minutes after 7 p.m., she was seen in a heated discussion with Durant in front of the church. The argument was loud enough to alert a passerby named Hodgkins to stop and intervene. Hodgkins later testified that Durant's manner was not becoming to a gentleman and that the pair did calm down and enter the church together. At 9 p.m., Durant arrived at the church elder's house for the scheduled meeting. On Saturday, April 13th, the women of the church were decorating the church for Easter Sunday, and one of the ladies went to the cabinet to get cups, and when she opened the door, she found a mutilated female body inside. The police were called, and the body was identified as Minnie Williams. The church and the grounds were searched for many clues and for Blanche Lamont, whom police now suspected to be there. Nothing was found until a church member remembered that they had not searched the belfry. Well, police went up into the belfry and found Blanche Lamont. She was badly mutilated and nude with her head wedged between two boards. Now those boards are actually blocks and in medical school when you have a cadaver that you're working on and studying they would hold the body in place by putting these blocks by the head and so that was evidence right there. The police immediately began searching for Theodore Durant who was the last one to have seen both of them murdered women, those poor ladies. Well, Durant had left town to join his Signal Corps unit, where he was apprehended the next day, Easter Sunday. He was charged with the murder of Blanche Lamont and Minnie Williams. The trial was covered by major newspapers across the United States, and a primary witness against Durant was Blanche Lamont's sister, Maud Lamont. She gave an account of her sister's life before her disappearance, and she testified that Durant often came to pick up Lamont to escort her to church and then home, and that he came to her house offering to search for Lamont after her disappearance. The defense challenged her testimony about Lamont's weight, 140 pounds, which she said was approximately 122 pounds and their claim that she weighed 140 and that it would be impossible for Durant to carry her up to the bell tower. She also identified a diamond clip ring she had given Lamont that a man who was supposedly was a Lamont uh, had tried to sell. His attorney defended him by citing lack of blood on him or his clothes and shifting blame to the church pastor. 
But Durant was convicted and sentenced to be hanged by Judge Carol Cook. Durant never confessed to the murders and claimed his innocence until his death. Durant was granted a temporary reprieve in 1897. The execution was carried out on January 7, 1898 at San Quentin, California prison. 20 years after the execution, Durant's name was resurrected in a circumstantial evidence in a libel suit filed by his sister, Maud Allen. Allen and her producer had attempted to mount a little theater production of Salome by Oscar Wilde in England. An aviator, politician, and publisher of right-wing political newspaper, Noel Pemberton Billing, responded to the theatrical event by publishing an allegation in his newspaper that the public that the production was meant to sap British military and spiritual values by introducing indecent ideas, i.e. homosexuality, into public from Wilde's writing, you know, Oscar Wilde. Allen sued for criminal libel, and as evidence of character, Billing resurrected the Durant scandal, a move that was not effectively suppressed by the court. In the end, Billing won acquittal and permanently damaging the reputation of the plaintiff. Now, I must say that the story goes on. In the course of the trial, Durant was compared to Jack the Ripper, the Marquise de Sade, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. San Francisco and the rest of the nation hung on every word. One Oakland woman ordered her husband to read her the trial transcript every day, a task that sometimes took hours. When he started reading trial summaries instead, he came home to find his wife gone. A note left behind said she was dissatisfied with her home and wanted a change. The prosecution must have felt confident as they entered the final day of the trial. The witness testimony was overwhelming, even if the physical evidence was not. This man now stands before you, stripped of truth, naked in his guilt, they said in their closing statement. He is naked, unclothed, and bereft as he left the body of a young girl in Emmanuel Baptist Church. There could be no other verdict, the prosecution argued. The demon in the belfry must hang. The jury deliberated for five minutes before returning a guilty verdict. On January 7th, 1898, after a breakfast of steak, eggs, ham and toast, Durant was led to the gallows at San Quentin. The crowd of 200 had been hoping for a dramatic confession, but they were to be disappointed. This crime was fastened on me by the press of San Francisco, but I'll forgive it all, Durant said, as the hangman placed the noose around his neck. It is they have forever blackened the fair name of California. Witnesses agreed that the speech sounded staged. Durant hung, 
the guiltiest man alive in the eyes of all, except his dear mother. Mrs. Durant never once doubted her son's innocence, and her behavior after Theodore's death, perhaps, validated those who thought his madness ran in the family. Moments after being hanged, Durant's body was taken to a private room, and Mr. and Mrs. Durant kissed their son's face and wept until the warden walked in. The warden offered them tea and a bite to eat. According to the 1947 book, San Francisco Murders, onlookers were horrified to glimpse Mrs. Durant calmly eating next to her boy's corpse. Papa, witnesses overheard her say, I'll take some more of the roast and the potatoes. For the next six days, Mrs. Durant kept vigil over her son while Mr. Durant searched for a crematorium that would accept Theodore's body. Reporters and rubberneckers tried to peer into the cottage on 425 Fair Oaks Street, hoping for a glimpse of the macabre family. According to the newspapers, Mrs. Durant spent every waking hour talking to her dead son. On January 13th, Mr. Durant convinced a crematoria in Pasadena to take Theodore's body. This body was stout, notes San Francisco murders, and took longer than usual to burn. Now, if you go searching for that cursed belfry today in San Francisco, you won't find it. After the discovery of Blanche and Minnie's bodies, neighbors on Bartlett Street demanded the city burn the church down. Perhaps the city should have heeded that advice. Emmanuel Baptist Church continued to be a center of tragedy as long as it stood. One pastor took his own life. One was caught in a sexual scandal. Another went on to murder Charles de Young, founder of the Chronicle. And in 1915, Emmanuel Baptist Church was finally demolished. The spot today is a pretty one. It's filled by rows of pleasant-looking homes, but the site must have seemed pleasant once to church elders, too, when they picked it out in the 1800s. It was only later they found out what once stood on the land they had chosen, a haunted house. Oh my. Well, that was a terrible and disturbing story, Countess. I loved it. Well, I'm so glad. There are much more, uh, there are many more scary stories of that sort and lots of haunted things about. You know, San Francisco's filled with ghosts and being over 202 myself and being a specter before you, it's the living I'm afraid of, Indeed. not the dead. Indeed. Mm. Well, are you ready for a little more uplifting entertainment? Oh, I was hoping we'd get a musical number today. Yes, today we're going to have a special uplifting song that ties in about standing with your man. So... Today we're going to conjure up Miss I'm a Cracker and she's a star of country western singing and she can charm the feathers off a duck 
and can charm the dew right off the honeysuckle. She can rock them high heel shoes, but she'd rather wear cowboy boots. The diva of country western music here to sing Stand By Your Man. From the Horny Bull Bareback Bar in Kyleen, Texas, we're going to call Miss Ima Cracker. I love you little, I love you big. I love you like a big fat pig. Miss Ima Cracker. Giving all your love to just one man You'll have bad times And he'll have good times Doing things you just don't understand Maybe clamber things but if you love him, you'll forgive him. Even though he's hard to understand. And if you love him, oh, be proud of him. Cause, cause after all, He's just a man Stand by your man Give him two arms to cling to And something warm to come to When nights get cold and lonely Stand by your man And Show the world you love him Keep giving all the love you can Oh, stand by your man Stand by your man And show the world you love Keep giving all the love you can. Oh, stand by your man. Oh. oh. Well, that was delightful, as always. Oh, I'm a cracker. Mm. Well, how fun is that? Stand by your man. Indeed. So, that wraps it up for today. Uh, a special thank you to Grand Duke Aaron Alamanza, imperial maker of things and stuff, because he created the Emperor Nord Lion puppet, as well as the dolls of both the Countess and ourselves. So, thank you, Aaron. We could not do it 
without you. Now, if you would like to leave a tip for us, and we certainly appreciate all of our generous donors, here's the information for that. Uh, you can do a monthly subscription via Patreon or one-time donation via PayPal or Venmo, and we greatly appreciate all of our wonderful, generous donors. Also, if you would like more information about the tours that the Countess and I normally do, and we will be coming back with on November 7 and every Saturday at 11 a.m., here's the websites for that. Now, there will be no programming next week. We have to attend to Imperial Business. We'll be back next Saturday with another special edition with the Countess Lola Montez. And then we will begin the weekly Almanac series on November 7. Now, that is going to be about a longer show every Wednesday. We're going to be doing the whole week, but instead of looking back as we always had done, we're going to look forward better for you, we think. And coming up on Tuesday, isn't there a San Francisco History Association event? There is indeed, and it's about the Buffalo Soldiers. You can RSVP by emailing info at sanfranciscohistory.org. It's via Zoom. Tune in. So, Your Majesty, let's have a happy Halloween in spite of it all and entertain those children. Now, today's program was, we certainly gear our shows towards the adults, but the puppet show is quite all right for children yes, to watch, yes. but supervise them. And if you celebrate your Halloween, I hope you're being safe out there. And indeed, stay safe, stay healthy. If you go outside, wear a mask. Do not take unproven cures that might kill you unless they are recommended by a doctor you trust. Be kind to one another. Until we see you again, a gracious good day. Thank you for tuning in. Au revoir.